0: There's something for everyone in today's episode. Anniversaries, heartbreak, and a love letter to things that are broken. And if none of that is appealing to you, I am going to have a sale at Waveform Ceramics, my Etsy shop. So if you would like to get 10% off of anything you like in the shop, the promo code is Valentine. I repeat, the promo code is Valentine. And it's only gonna be good for like 60 seconds. No, it's only gonna be good for like a couple of days. So use it now. First off, today is a very special day. Material Feels is officially in the terrible twos. My baby is a toddler. They're stumbling around like a little drunk person and it's just, it's adorable. Two years ago, I dropped the very first episode on clay, accompanied by the very first original piece of music Liz wrote for the show in honor of my high school art teacher. I launched the show on Valentine's Day as a Valentine to myself, a love letter to the material world and a rose for my creative community. Today marks the two-year anniversary of the show, and I'm feeling so grateful for all that I've learned from guests, listeners, and myself. Thanks for celebrating this day with me. Every day. Welcome to Material Fields, where we explore the intimate relationships between people, their creative practices, and the materials they have fallen in love with. I'm your host, Katherine Monahan. I'm an audio storyteller, writer, and artist living in Oakland on Ohlone land. We'll be deviating from the usual for the next few months. Rather than covering a particular material, we'll be spending time with other Bay Area producers whose work I admire. We'll do some episode swaps, we'll have some conversations, and if you begin to miss my tangents, subscribe to my monthly newsletter, Rabbit Hole Buffet. The link is in the show notes. Today, we're spending time with Colleen Thomas's show, Shame Piñata a podcast about creating rites of passage for real-life transitions. When I first listened to Colleen's show, I was struck by her intimate narration style, the wisdom of her guests, and the depth of her conversations with them. Yep, when it uh, comes to podcasts, I guess I do have a type. Colleen is an artist who builds out custom rituals and ceremonies for all kinds of life transitions. Her show, Shame Pinata, Is all about empowering people and sitting with the hard parts, the messy parts, the complicated parts. All the parts that we might not want to usually celebrate or talk about. She was on Material Fields last summer and talked about her relationship with various materials that she uses for ritual. We did a bit of a swap. I was on her show too. I shared a story about a ceremony that I created after I went through a breakup, and I'm going to play that episode shortly. Now, it's not lost on me that today is Valentine's Day and I'm posting breakup content. I did that on purpose. <laughs> I don't know, the rebel and the sad boy in me wants to acknowledge breakups today. Being single on Valentine's Day is totally fine. Obviously, being single is always more than fine, but I know it can be hard and even if you don't care about Valentine's Day or you're not looking for that kind of love with the chocolates and the poses and the bubbles and the whatever else other people do on Valentine's Day, this day can be touchy, and if you're going through a breakup uh, about to go through a breakup, not sure if you want to break up or are still hurting from a breakup long gone. Today can just be a little more tough than it needs to be for like your usual Tuesday. You know, it's like, oh my God, it's actually Monday, um, which feels extra disrespectful for people who don't like Valentine's Day. (sighs) So if you're like me and you've got some tender spots that are being poked today, maybe your heart is in pieces and it feels like something's missing. This episode is like an offering, have a little piece of my heart for the next 30 minutes. Oh, and if you're not going through a breakup, you're allowed to listen too. (laughs) This episode is really focused on friendship, community, and vulnerability, things we all need in life. You can listen to Shane Pinata wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all that jazz. And so, with no further ado, here we go. When I got there and people were helping me with all my stuff, I looked at the bed and it's like a different size bed that I'm used to, you know, sharing a space with another person. I was used to a larger bed and I just didn't even have sheets to put on it. And she was helping me move and she was just like, let me run down the street to my house. I have an extra set of sheets. And yes, I could have gone to Bed Bath & Beyond or ordered some sheets online, Um, but in that moment... It was so bleak um, looking at that mattress on the floor that was this the wrong size for a single person, you know, <laughs> or the wrong size for what I was used to. Um, and she went down the street, like within 15 minutes, materialized with sheets that she – I still have them. Um, they're these dark, velvety purple sheets that I associate with that time. Um, they're really soft and I will I will forever be grateful to her for that. So just – People showing up in different ways, small ways that they probably don't even realize still, I still think about it today.
1: How do we create ways for the people who care about us to show up when we need them? When is it okay to ask for help? Does asking for help mean we're weak? Does it make us needy? We'll speak today with Catherine Monahan, who asked for help when things were hard and whose community showed up in a big way. This is Shame Piñata. I'm Colleen Thomas. So today we have a great story to share with you. It's a story of loss, of heartbreak, of healing, of hope, and of gratitude. And not only gratitude, but a brave showing of gratitude. A public sharing of love and appreciation. A ritual of love and appreciation. You know when you go through something really hard, and you dare to be real about how hard it is with your friends? When you dare to ask for help? Today we'll talk with Catherine Monahan, who produces and hosts the Material Feels podcast. Catherine and I met through Radio Guides, a listserv for women, femmes, and gender nonconforming folk who work in the San Francisco Bay Area in audio. When I asked Catherine if they might like to speak about a rite of passage they'd gone through on Shame Pinata, at first they couldn't think of anything. But then they realized that a brunch they'd organized to thank some friends who helped them get through a breakup was a significant moment. We'll get into why and how in a bit. First, though, the journey. Katherine was twenty eight and had just been through their first major breakup. It was a time of uncertainty and pain. Not wanting to stay in the home they had shared with their partner, they struck out looking for a new place to live in the Bay Area. Which was hard because housing is hard to find and because they were heartbroken. Catherine placed an ad for housing, and that ad was seen by two good friends, Amos and Arik, who hadn't even heard about the breakup yet.
0: And it was actually an amazing moment because I was sitting with my two friends watching some live music outdoors. And I remember I looked up at the sky <laughs> and I was like, I, I just. I can't imagine trying to find the right home for me right now. I just need something to fall into my lap. And then I looked at my phone and almost was like, hey, (laughs) I saw your ad. Like, oh, my gosh, what happened between you guys? Do you need a place to land? You can live in our living room.
1: Wow. That's magical.
0: I responded within 30 seconds. I was like, yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) So I, I had a handful of people help me move into that living room for in the indefinite future, you know, a couple months. And then I had some people help me move from that living room to where I live now uh, near Lake Merritt.
1: Nice. So your community really showed up for you.
0: Yeah. I I also, like, emailed 15 people and I was like, I need support. <laughs> I, maybe not 15, maybe like 11. But for the first couple of weeks, while I was sort of in shock, I had by just by chance three of my very close friends checking on me every day. In But they would – it was weird. It was like they were coordinating with each other, but they weren't. The rhythm of those friendships sort of kept me going for the first month or two while I was looking – because I was looking for housing. I didn't hear from Amos and Eric for – the first the first month of that experience oh. i was like sleeping on couches oh, wow. and like uh-huh. yeah so um and then i i did i sent an email out once i realized i had a place to live temporarily mm-hmm. um and people helped me go through stuff i mean i couldn't even think about all the crap i had to look through <laughs> like they And they took stuff. Like, I had one friend who was really excited about all of these things that I had that I was like, if I look at this, I'm going to cry. Like, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> that was a relief that they – she found joy
1: in that stuff. So one person just basically helped me get rid of all my stuff. I didn't realize at first that Catherine was basically couch surfing for the first month after the breakup. It was only in the second month that they found a place to land in the living room with their two friends – Here's a quick description of what life was like during those two months in Berkeley. My
0: time with Amos and Eric was very enriching. Even though I was sleeping in their living room, it was a very cozy space. There were plants everywhere, uh, and they are both very into food. And I had a pretty bad relationship with food at that time. I hadn't been eating from grief and uh, just in general wasn't really eating fresh fruits or vegetables, and they are both vegans. And they sort of reintroduced like fresh, delicious seasonal food into my life just because it was all around me and they would share with me. They had plants that Eric adored and cared for. And we always would talk about the plants and notice their growth. It was a very Zen and peaceful place to be. And they're both super sensitive queers who are totally down to hold space for emotions, which was a major added bonus. Um, So during that time, I was basically going to school, doing homework, crying in the kitchen,
1: (laughs) eating fresh fruit, looking at plants and searching for housing. That sounds like a pretty good place to be doing the liminal space dance, doesn't it? I asked Catherine if receiving that support from Amos and Eric helped them feel ready to put the word out to a wider crowd, if it helped them feel that the support would be there if they reached out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think also with moving, I don't know, you there are literal things to do. Yeah. You know, put this in a box, move this up the stairs. And I knew that people – were probably worried about me. I mean, this was a, I was in a relationship for 6 years and we these were f- mutual friends that, you know, so yeah. I, I knew people want people were would check on me and I'd be like, I can't deal with you. I I want I want you to want I want you to be able to help me. <laughs> so I was like I was like and also moving was going to be I I had a feeling it would be really upsetting Mm. so i was like well (laughs) at least i can try to turn it into some kind of like party not even a party i mean party's the wrong word but barbecue vibe (laughs) right (laughs) right
1: (laughs) as opposed to just heartbreak and tears and kleenex boxes lining the walls and
0: yeah and and most of these people who ended up at that at the brunch that we'll talk about, they saw me in the, in those stages, you know, they, we had all been connected in some way, whether it was my heartbreak or something that they were going through. Um, And I kept track of it too. Like I, I journaled about how each person showed up for me and I really internalized those memories. Like they were so, they're, they're so fresh I kind of wanted to celebrate them. Those people, yeah. I mean. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So was the brunch a celebration? It was part it was part celebration
0: of the like how I felt each person had brought such special gifts to my experience and and so different. And it was part like I've I've had that experience before. I went to boarding school at a very young age, so I've moved a lot, and I've always I know what it feels like to move into a room, and then suddenly be like, "Well, I'm here, like it's <laughs> over," you know, and that awkward, and waking up. So I I kind of anticipated that that would be even worse. Mm. So it was it was like part celebration, part I I didn't I wanted that day to be a good day, yeah. And then it was also like a, a closing. I was like, Mm -hmm. that time, although I loved living with Amos and Eric, that time is over now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The time of feeling ungrounded, not knowing what's going to happen, feeling like I'm falling apart. Mm -hmm. Like these people saw me through it and I I want us all to to like kind of, kiss that time goodbye
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome because it's it's really insightful of you because all these people have been like watching you and supporting you and keeping an eye on you probably and all these things and and it's, so it's kind of like I can see it like if it's my story it's like I'm getting to this place and I'm like okay I'm good and thank you and you know y- you can tone it down like 90 percent of how much you're worried about me now like I got this <laughs> to kind of let them like disengage. Yeah.
0: And to kind of tell it's almost like a performance, too, because it was like, okay, you're doing it. You woke up in your new apartment and and you're going to say thank you to all your buds and then you're going to move on. (laughs) Whether or not that really happened, it it was still it's I think it it worked a little bit. But then I feel like I rem- I would remember the brunch or I'd remember those people mm. and those moments. Like it's I felt like it was
1: creating something that I could almost like a worry stone where I mm. could like go back to it. Nice. Yeah. Do you have any mementos that you physically have from that brunch or that time?
0: No. Um, I think other than that page of my journal because I invited I actually wrote their names down. I'm just going to count them real quick. So I invited nine people two weeks beforehand and three of them couldn't come. So the people who couldn't come, I texted them a picture of their part of the map that I had made. Uh-huh. And I still like thanked them and told them why. I even invited my friend Liz who lives in Philadelphia. I knew that they couldn't come, <laughs> but the invitation, they got
1: it. Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> so what was the map like? So the brunch was
0: kind of like I had moved twice. It had been three months. And so the map that I made was essentially just a list of memories. Everybody had like, you know, a bunch of green dots of like highlighted dates. You know, August 22nd, we went camping. And then August 3rd, I had that meltdown and public and my brother gave me an, an omelet or something, you know. <laughs> and so if like my three friends who couldn't come, I took a picture of their part of that list that I had made and was like, "Hey, oh. you know, you really showed up for me in these ways and I really appreciate that about you."
1: Wow. That that would be such a nice thing to receive. To have somebody, like, remember some random thing that I did or that happened between us, like, writing it down and putting a date on it and sending it to me as part of, like, a thank you or acknowledgement. That's so thoughtful. You just don't know how big of a deal it is
0: when you do something like that. Like, for you, it might be a couple hours of your morning on a Saturday and your friend's cat has died. And for them... It's like, I'll never forget that Colleen showed up on this made up scenario, (laughs) (laughs) but like, yeah, I think, yeah, what they got me through
1: it. (laughs) Welcome to today's show. Whether this is your first or your 25th episode, it's always wonderful to have you here. If there's something changing in your world right now, some shift you're going through, know that you're not alone shame pinata will continue bringing you stories to inspire your own creative responses to a changing self subscribe today in your favorite player And you said that you felt like something that was wrapped up nice and tight at the brunch.
0: Yeah, it was a very emotional. It it was a very emotional day. And I wasn't expecting it to be like when I, I had, I had prepared to like appreciate everybody in front of everybody. (laughs) And I just wanted everyone to see everyone like to know how amazing everybody at that brunch was. (laughs) And, uh, and how much they impacted me. And so I like made a um, – I said a couple – I made it short too because I had one – I have one friend who really doesn't like to be appreciated in public. <laughs> so I really tried to do it like just short, cliff notes, spark notes. And it was wild to see people who like aren't necessarily tight. They're not – they are not close friends necessarily. But because we – it created this really sort of this like little bubble of like trust and love, and my brother, who you know doesn't really know my chosen family that well, uh he got really emotional and he sort of gave this speech at the end where he was like he like cried we're both we're both criers. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, he was just like, it means the world to me that C- Catherine has this support network. Um, and then he said a bunch of nice stuff about me. And I was like, this is not <laughs> this is not why I'm throwing this brunch. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, we love you. Like, it was very mushy and ushy-gushy. And it's not something I normally do. <laughs> so I guess feeling
1: held, by, like, it just felt very safe. And I felt very mm. present. Did you have a little bit of trouble taking that in at the time? Was it too much or was it okay? It was okay because nobody
0: tried to – everybody was just kind of sitting with it, you know? Mm. It was because I think it was a brunch to acknowledge heartbreak and my empty new apartment room. (laughs) So I don't think – I think there was no like – I didn't have to worry that anybody was going to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. at the brunch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the story because I love how much you're obviously taking care of yourself in it. You know, it's I can see that you're honoring the people who helped you, and also it was. So- so bold of you to ask for help and to accept it and then you had this whole brunch which you could have just written them all like notes or emails or said thanks or something but you call them together and you put you know energy into it it's just inspiring and and it's another example of how we can take care of ourselves through little things that we could we we could call ceremony or ritual or we could just not but they kind of serve a, a purpose of you know of intention everybody knew what the meaning was of that whole time for you.
0: Yeah, I, and I didn't really think about it like that until I listened to your show. <laughs> like, listening to y- the way that you talk about ritual and ceremony, and I started thinking, like, oh, when does that apply to my life? You know, as mm-hmm. someone who doesn't, I other than my art practice and creative endeavors, I don't feel particularly connected to it. And then mm-hmm. I realized that the brunch kind of tapped on that or edged up against that and overlap with a lot of what you've talked about on the show. And I was like, oh, that's what that was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Catherine is the producer and host of Material Feels, a podcast that explores the intimate relationships between artists and their materials. This means that Catherine speaks with artists about watercolor and clay, glass, and wax. Recently, they've been musing and speaking about ritual as an art form. I know you've been exploring ritual a little bit yourself on material feels, and I'm curious what has been moving for you about that, or what have you noticed, or has has anything shifted for you as you played around with it a little? I think one
0: thing that I am, have noticed about myself and the way, like, my sort of ritual personality um, is that I really like, I like tradition, and I like anniversaries so you know the day i dropped my first episode was like valentine's day (laughs) (laughs) and that's like a big deal to me valentine's day is now always going to be a big deal about the podcast about my creative love for the world and myself nice but then like also what i've learned as i'm exploring ritual and ceremony is the witnessing and including other people so I've made art my whole life but I've never I never included anyone else in it it's always been very personal Mm. and private but now with the show there's this like sacredness to the audience Mm. for me like whenever I start it's whenever I start thinking about the next episode I'm like organically thinking about it i'm i'm talking to my listeners in my head
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i think the ceremony of of producing a show where i i really want my listeners to be like intimately with me mm-hmm. and i think learning more about create like you know creating the container as you say um, sonically mm-hmm. I mean that's been really cool to think about and try to try to move forward with
1: yeah and and material feels has so much sound richness and playfulness and it's it's got such a unique container. it's kind of like I just thought of this as kind of like a like a stained glass prism that turns different ways that's it's like yellow here and then blue here and then o- opaque here and translucent here and it's just it's always changing as I listen to it like the episode and it's but it's not like discongruent or whatever the word would be you know it's it's not like all oh, these things that what what's going on but it's kind of like no no it's it's art and it just keeps changing and it's 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 such a unique format and it's so you <laughs> thank you thank you for saying that about the prism that was really cool I like that <laughs> Catherine's story illustrates how taking a risk and getting vulnerable can not only open opportunities to receive support ourselves, but can provide our friends and loved ones with a chance to show up for us. And that's what we really want to do, right? Show up and love each other? Because it feels good. Because the struggles of the folks we love touch our hearts. And because we're all human and we all have something to offer. From carrying away some heartbreak-soaked stuff to bringing a friend a set of sheets.
0: Thanks so much, Colleen, for featuring me on your show and sharing your episode with our listeners here at Material Feels. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, And I have one more thing to share with you today. I made a poem about broken things and I'm going to read it. Sometimes I share poems in my newsletter, Rabbit Hole Buffet, and I'm just getting bolder and bolder. Uh, The word of the month this time around was pause. Pause which had me thinking about taking a break, which led me to think about the word break in all its forms and impacts on me. Here goes. Broke. Flat tire, that promise, cracked egg, chipped tooth, busted window, failed attempt, bent trust, shattered pain, rusty hinge, crooked drawer, bruised bone, fractured ego. Interrupted sleep, flash flood sentence, stuttered syllable, spent account, chemical charm, crushed exoskeleton, halved truffle, overdrafted expectation, torn paper, divorced, dissociated, cut off, separate. I made a list of broken things to stir up empathy for them, and for myself. I thought conjuring all the broken things would help me better understand the broken parts, the broken parts of me, the broken parts of us, to show myself how broken things are everywhere, a part of life. Broken things are still alive, active characters. The word means no longer able to work. But in a world where certain work does not serve you, is being broken so bad? Material Feels is produced by me, your host, Catherine Monahan. I'm an artist and audio storyteller based in Oakland, California, living on a lonely land. I'm originally from New York State. I've got a background in art and a love for the material world. Our associate producer, Elizabeth Elise produces original music for each episode, and crafts our underscores. Sounds are also sourced from freesound.org and MSFX. Please share the show with your loved ones. Review it on Apple Podcasts, shop Waveform Ceramics, our store on Etsy, contribute to our Patreon, and most importantly, make a date with your creative side and engage with the material world, however you love to most.